I do want to say a special word of thanks to Corey for last week for a wonderful message and for uh, senior recognition. If y'all, were, y'all missed a treat. Uh, every year, our student ministry has times for seniors to give their testimony, uh, just wisdom that they have to the rest of the students or just uh, sharing how the Lord's worked in their life. And they had that last Sunday night, and it was just a great time of worship and encouragement uh, for, your, for our younger students. We're blessed with the student ministry that we have. We're looking this morning at another witness of the resurrection. We'll finish that up next week. But over this season, after Easter, what do we see in the appearances of Jesus? What do we learn about Jesus? How we can better worship him? What's our response to be? But also as we look at these appearances, what turns the light on? What makes people see it's different in different places? For some, it's just the empty tomb in John's gospel. Uh, Last week in Corey's sermon, we saw it was the miraculous catch of fish, the power of Jesus. Uh, For Mary, it was just hearing her name, just hearing her name from her rabbi, from her teacher. That's what turned the light on, that they believed in resurrection. What's going on here? What turns the light on for these 12? Now listen, there is so much we could talk about on this walk that Jesus takes with these two from Jerusalem. Uh, It's Mother's Day. We are not getting out late, okay? So I've got a hustle. We're not going to cover it all. We'll come back to this passage another time. We're just going to take a little bit just to see what we need to see as we approach this table uh, this morning. But what do we see first? And it's really just a mini sermon here this morning. We skipped this part. But what are these two experiencing? If you have your Bibles open, verse 21, these people, these two had a deep hope in their life. You just heard the choir sing for us and ask the question, are you hopeless? Are you without hope? And, and, and these two, in a very real sense, are. I like what Christian singer and author Michael Card says. At this point, being a disciple for someone of Jesus would mean that everything you have given your life to and have given up is over. It is simply over. And we can feel that way sometimes with a hurt or a loss or a failure. We, we feel like this has got to be the end. But that's not the case here when it comes to faith with Jesus Christ. I was blessed two weeks ago to see Dr. Jim. It's hard to say that. Dr. Jim Genesee uh, be confer, uh, conferred his doctorate at the Wesley Biblical Seminary graduation. I feel smarter for having heard a bishop preach and all these PhDs. He's a PhD as well. All of them sp- speak. So I'm feeling very smart today. So I'm going to give you some big theological phrase here. Okay, you ready? Let me see if, make sure I can get these multi-syllable words out. It ain't over. (laughs) With Jesus, because of his death and resurrection, bad grammar again, nothing's ever over. And some of us may count ourselves out because of our past, because of a feeling, because the accuser of the brethren keeps whispering in our ear. It's never over. These guys have been gutted. These guys were leaving their hopes, their dreams, their rabbi, their lead, they are gutted. But because of resurrection, it's never over. Don't count out 
what the Lord can do in and through you because of what's happened in the past. This, just If you don't get anything today, let's hear that truth again. If we are repentant, if we're doing the right things to put ourselves in place for God to give us, give to us his rest and to restore us, it's never over. We can never say that with Jesus. All right, so this morning, what turns on the light for them? Verse 30, was the miraculous catch of fish? It was the way the name was said. It was, it was what's here, what makes them see? Verse 30, he reclined at the table with them. He took the bread, blessed it, and breaking it, and he began giving it to them. Now quickly, it's probably not, we kind of associate immediately that with communion. That's probably not what's going on. Uh, they probably had not been in the upper room to see Jesus' gift, even though they're coming from Passover. Maybe that's not it because they hadn't seen that. Now, I will say this, though. If you go down and you look at verse 27, I can see what people might say that. Because what does Jesus do? And I want to hear this sermon someday. Beginning with Moses through the prophets, he explained everything to them about himself. And if he's talking about Moses, he's probably talking about Passover. And if he's sharing about himself, he is going to talk about, you remember that day when I fed the 5,000? Do you remember what I said the day after that? I am the bread of life. You eat of this blood, you eat of my flesh, drink of this blood, or you're not going to have any life in yourself. And so that maybe helped them put all those things together, and maybe that's what turns the light on for themselves. Maybe that's what opens their minds, is this, this connection somehow that Jesus Christ is the bread of life, he is the Passover, he is the sacrificial lamb of God for us, and maybe that's why uh, uh, the light comes on and they realize who he is and see who he is. Francis Chan, some of y'all have heard his sermons. He used to preach 45 minutes every sermon uh, and writes all these books. It's interesting, in the last year, though, he's made a, a change on that. He's read the scriptures and searched the early church, and he's, he's, he's sounding Methodist <laughs> in that... This reminder, again, I, I don't need to be at the table once a quarter or once a year in some traditions. Uh, the table was center, that the breaking of bread, the reminding again, but it's more than just reminder, being Methodist, we don't go as far as to say this is the body and blood of Christ, but we, but we remind ourselves Jesus not only is honored and remembered in this meal, uh, but he shows up. And so maybe they can make that connection because of what he shared in the scriptures. Even John Wesley who was very hesitant to say, you know, anybody can, even though we have an open table, he was careful uh, to prepare people for that. It's a difficult invitation to come to this table, but, I, but, but when we come, he'll be present with us this morning. We believe that, we hold on to that. If you need rest, come to this table. Maybe that's why their, their eyes turned on, but I wonder something else too, because scripture doesn't necessarily clearly say, but could it be as well, he just was at the table with them, and he broke bread. At the other feeding of the 4,000, it's interesting to me. He breaks bread, gives it, distributes it. It's just like he does here. Breaks bread, gives, blesses it, gives thanks, distributes it. And then right after that, he talks to him about bread. And then right after that, he heals a blind person. And then right after that, uh, Simon Peter, the lights come on for him, and he says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Maybe there's a word for us, too, here to meet Jesus, yes, here, and, and what he can do when we meet him rightly at this table. 
But is there a word for us on Mother's Day? Is there a word for us as church family? Is there a word for us as co-workers? Is there a word for us as friends that so often the grace and the encouragement of God shows up and the light comes on at the table and when bread is broken? I think there's a word here for us. One commentary this week said, It is not only at the communion table that we can be with Christ, we can be with him at the dinner table too. He is not the only host, he is not only the host in his church, he is the guest in any home. It's one of the things I love about our small group is we eat. You can tell that. I love that part of our small group. But so often that's that's some of the best parts of small group is that the table. Some of the best ministry you and I will have is taking time out to grab coffee with one another, or maybe it's a coworker, a friend, a relative. It's at the table where the lights can come on. Sarah turned to me uh, when we had been married maybe five, six, seven years. Joseph was three, four, or five years old, and she said, hey, Barry, remind me, when are we going to begin family devotionals? And I said, oh, next week. I didn't have Google. What's a family devotional? <laughs> That's what she did. I had to look it up. I, I don't know about you. I feel so inadequate about that. I had seminary. I wasn't prepared for that. How do you, how do you, how do you, boy, there's so much ministry that can happen at the table. And, and, the, and it's been some of the sweetest times of, of, of spiritual conversation and, and either reading the word or a good devotional book. Ben, Corey, Renee, and I, we'd love to talk with you about it because I was seminary trained in clueless on that, but so often Jesus shows up at the table here with sinners, with his disciples. Where is that table for you where you can be a part of the hospitality of God, where you can be a part of ministering to somebody at the table, and even the very lights of Jesus will come on for somebody? Can you and I gift that time? What a gift that is to our kids or to our grandkids, to our coworkers, and let's be honest. We talk about gifts. Most mothers today, you're not getting what you may have wanted for. I'm just going to give, the, we don't know how to give gifts, okay? <laughs> giving the guys a break, giving the kids a break. You're probably not going to make, I read a, a British magazine, an article from a British magazine over some of the gifts that were given last year. Here's my favorite one, deodorant. I love that. Somebody <laughs> gave their mom deodorant. Somebody gave their mom cleaning supplies. That's daring. That's daring. Somebody gave mom a toilet roll. Now listen, it would be a gift to me on Father's Day if one of my children could actually replace the empty roll. You know, if somebody would just do that, that would be a good Father's Day gift. A calculator, ouch. Car parts were given. This is my, this is my other favorite one. Hair dye. Somebody gave, they're not, they're not with us anymore, but they gave... Breaking bread, table talk uh, are great gifts. And in it, uh, the Holy Spirit can come and open our eyes about Jesus. So many people have been converted at this table. I've seen the Lord do that. I've seen the Lord do that. Would you come and say yes to Jesus for the first time? But so many people more often are, are converted at the dinner table. They're converted at a restaurant at that table over coffee. It's when the people of God make a place for other people to hear the good news in spiritual conversations. 
Jesus is revealed. They're prevented from seeing. Now all of a sudden they see, and it's the breaking of bread. That's their testimony. Maybe it's this reminder that you and I can be a part of that ministry at our tables to help people see Jesus. But also as we come to this table, we remember, and I quote again Michael Card, how we can see Jesus here. Come to the table. He's prepared for you. The bread of forgiveness, the wine of release. Come to the table and sit down beside him. The Savior wants you to join in the feast. He reclined at the table. He blessed the bread, broke the bread, distributed the bread, and they saw in this meal, may we meet him again anew. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, repent of their sins, and seek to live in charity with one another. We remember as we come to this table that on the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, gave thanks to God, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to God, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Almighty God, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son Jesus Christ, uh, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all glory and honor is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen.